0: Happy Friday, and welcome into the Next Sun Devil Show, brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook App, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to leave a like, drop a comment, subscribe, even leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. I am Anthony Totri, yeah, joined, are. as always, by my holiday elves, Shane Diefenbach. Yeah, I am. Sean
2: DePaz. Yeah, he is. I brought a hat today. Did hat, you? An elf hat, but it doesn't fit me, because my head's... I have not big actually. I have a pretty tiny head. I have a big <laughs> head, but it's like a baby head. Have you a baby have a baby hat. head? No, I have a big head, but it's a baby hat. Mm. Baby elf hat. You should. Is it in your car? No, it's in.
0: Oh, I don't know why I'm not wearing it. Well, do you have a tiny <laughs> head? I don't know, but I feel like I have a tiny you... head than you. No, not yet. I feel like I've got a tiny yeah. head. We'll than see yet. if it fits well, at the at end of the At some point, we'll see if that works. Sean, how you doing, man?
3: I'm all right. I'm a little conflicted. Yeah, My computer's not working, but the D just made an awesome trade, so so I, you're all right. I, just I am. Middle of the road right
0: now. Okay. Well, we've got a lot to get to today. Kenny Dillingham, we got a special Hot or Not for you guys as well at the end of the show. But before we get into all of that, we're going to bring in the one, the only, the Ralph Amson publisher at <laughs> Arizona <laughs> Varsity. What?
2: What? The Ralph Amson.
1: <laughs> yeah. The one and only. How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm just enjoying the intro. How are you guys?
0: Fantastic. Fantastic, because Arizona State football has got themselves a recruiting class. They've got themselves a transfer class. Um, ASU basketball, on the other hand, we'll get into that. That was uh, that was something the other day. What'd you think?
1: The tra- they're cycling out like 50% of the roster in one day. <laughs> I've... I've never seen anything like it and it, it, uh, it kind of ebbs and flows. There's always these adjustments to how people are brought in and when my job was never easier than when they split the signing days and that first year you got about half of the players you were going to get right up front and then the other half later. And so, um, the work was almost cut in half and then you could do so much more preparation for who they were going to go after for the february signing period this is the opposite of whatever that is i think uh as of a minute or two ago we're at like 32 new players on the roster most have been uh announced and it's i mean it's a completely different team it's like shaking up the etch-a-sketch and (laughs) starting over again and so i I feel like I have a decent enough grasp on what's going on. But like, I also have never felt more lost than I feel right now about knowing what the dynamics of this team are going to be. It's helpful that I covered a lot of them in high school. Um, but, <laughs> I don't know if, if, if you guys experienced this, the like hundred pounds that I gained from uh, eighteen to twenty, but you change a lot. Yeah. After after you're finished up with uh, with your prep stuff, so uh, some of these guys have just been uh, in waiting at other schools, and it's going to be interesting to see if they are going to be contributors. Or if maybe some of the love for the game fell off, they're just trying to get closer to home because the food's better than in Provo, Utah, you know? (laughs) So I'm, I'm really interested to see what happens, but it is a completely different team.
2: Yeah. Do you think that it being a completely different team is almost better than having, you know, what you had last year with recruits from the old coaching staff when it comes to a new, a completely new staff, is this something that you think can help Kenny Dillingham build the culture that he wants to?
1: yes uh, as a human being i am very uh i get really frustrated when coaches you know they they all want to tell these recruits they're the best coach they're the best coach you know uh, they're going to do the most for you. They're going to develop you the best. Um, but then they look at these obviously D one players to somebody else on the roster. And like, well, I can't do anything with that. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like saying like, well, I'm a plumber and I'm a great plumber, yeah. but if the pipes are PVC and not copper can't work with them, <laughs> and I'm like, no, then you're good at, then you're good at your, getting your guys, your thing. So I do want somebody who has the ability to um, speak a universal language of development in, in coaching. And I hope that Arizona state has that. And I hope that there are enough holdovers that can help set that culture guys like Jordan Clark are perfect for that. Right. Yeah. Um, but at the same time it goes both ways. The players want to feel comfortable. They want to feel like they're being prioritized and that they are on the mind of the coach that, um, of the, of the coach that's bringing them in or the coach that's coming in. Nothing feels better than being wanted as a, as a host of a show or, <laughs> like what, whatever it is, nothing feels better than being wanted. And so, um, a lot of these kids after a couple of rough years of just kind of, um, whatever was going on in, in Tempe, it was nothing positive. Um, they're just gonna, they want, they want to go through that process. They want to feel wanted. And so, um, Sometimes it's good to to have that cycle out, but I do want to stop short of saying it's toxic, you know, to just have old regime guys in here. Because what you want is you want a coach that can come in and say mm-hmm. like, "No, I, I'm going to make something of mm-hmm. of the players that were there." Um, that's what you want, and I think that Kenny Dillingham and his staff they they can do that.
3: Yeah, uh, I'm curious. Like, I believe the eleventh ranked recruiting class in the conference. Do you have a sense that like this was? Six, more successful, less successful. Uh, you met your expectations as far as an early signing day could go with a coach who's only been here for as long as Kenny's been here.
1: Well, there were some big splash uh, signings, like guys that didn't even officially visit, right? Yeah, like yeah. isn't isn't yeah. Ashley Williams?
3: Yeah, he's never he never wasn't he like a
1: Googled Palm Walk? I was <laughs> yeah. like, Oh, that looks nice. It's nicer than where I'm at in December, and he's coming over. You know that. Uh, I actually talked to a recruit at a Tennessee who committed to ASU on the spot after Googling Tempe, Arizona. Wow. <laughs> <Let's go>. <laughs> <laughs> um, his, name, his name was Daryl Middleton. Uh, but so, I mean, I, I guess it met my expectations as far as knowing who Kenny Dillingham is, knowing who Charlie Regal is, knowing the staff that they brought in and the assistants, you knew that they were going to be able to do something right. That you knew that they, they weren't out of, college football for 30 years and out of football altogether for nine years. Yeah. They have all been working in this industry diligently to put themselves in a position to even be considered to take the Arizona state job. So, you know, they, they know what they're doing in recruiting. And I, I would say that my expectations were met, um, where I was surprised uh, was getting starting caliber and I just saw that you you tweeted this uh, Anthony starting caliber offensive lineman in the portal in the Pac-12 is mana from heaven because yeah. every team in the Pac-12 USC included is just holding on by a thread and you can tell who the good teams are going to be whether or not they have a functional offensive line going into any given season UCLA had four seniors. And none of them were four year seniors. They were all like five and six year seniors. So you knew that they were going to be able to, to move the ball. Utah develops very well. Um, USC put together, you know, the class, the way that they do But They, they also had Andrew Voorhees and guys like that who were developed up through the program. Um, and then, uh, coach Michalzik at, at, at Oregon state, you know, he's been doing the best job. And so you knew that they were going to have success. Um, that's, you know, that was the biggest surprise to me There there are three potentially more to come starting caliber offensive linemen that were brought in uh, via via transfer. And I, that is just so enormous for this team.
0: Yeah, I believe they added one this morning as well to the list um, that projects to be somewhere along that offensive line. Maybe that center position. Um, I'd have to double check on that. But I do believe they got another guy this morning. One thing that I've been dying to ask you is you are super plugged in. To the the local high school scene here in terms of football, and you bring in guys like a Jason Mons, you retain a guy like Sean Aguano, Charlie Ragel now also on the staff. What do you think that does for Arizona recruiting? Not just this season, because Kenny has spoken about how you know they were just a little a little bit behind and late to get to some of those guys, but building those relationships for those four five star guys two, three, four years down the line.
1: If you thought about doing something for 10 years, 10 years straight, you obsessed about it and somebody gave you the opportunity to, to do that thing, you know, whether, whether it was right or, or host this show or like, whatever your dream might be, you know, a girl in high school that you struck out with, that you get, (laughs) that you get a shot with at the 10 year (laughs) uni, whatever it is, you've been thinking about it for 10 years. Um, then I think that it, it's going to have a massive effect on, on the approach that you take to the gig. Charlie Regal has wanted to be the head coach of Arizona state for more than a decade. Kenny Dillingham has wanted to be the coach of Arizona state. You know, that's been his dream job from the get go to say a decade sounds wild because a decade ago, he was 22 years old. But, um, Jason Mons has been in the midst of watching Arizona make Arizona state, make local recruiting mistakes for a decade and has been, very candid with me about the things that he would do differently. If given the opportunity, most of them are like incredibly obvious things. It's not like anybody's reinventing the wheel. It's just stuff that would drive you absolutely insane to know on an individual recruit basis. Jake Smith, for example, right? They get him back via transfer. He's been injured for the last couple of years. The only player in Arizona high school football history to have a thousand yards receiving and rushing in the same season outside of Christian Kirk. He could be great, or, you know, his injuries could have caught up with him. But, it, I mean, that's a huge pull for Arizona State. When he was coming out of high school, he went to Notre Dame Prep, where Todd Graham's son was enrolled and playing quarterback. Arizona State was his 11th or 12th offer. 11 or 12th. That, in in no universe, should that ever happen. Yeah, Jason Mons, when he was head coach of Saguaro, one of the ways that he would soft recruit, put a beacon out to the rest of the state, Um, as far as high school is say, these are the colleges that showed up on my doorstep today. Thank you for showing up. Now you have those people's number. You could just call them and thank them if you really wanted to thank them. Mm -hmm. But the purpose of the public gratitude was to let everybody else know these are the college coaches that roll through these halls. So if you're serious about football, you might want to come play for Saguaro, right? Arizona state was never on that list ever, (laughs) ever. Yeah. Like you don't even have to be recruiting any of the guys just go stand there grab a bagel <laughs> hang out on the sideline drink a cup of coffee and yeah. leave so that you can be included on the list so that every single time that's tweeted out every high school coach in the state isn't like guess who's missing from the list which was it was that way for 10 years and yeah. it was so annoying um yeah, and so you have all of these guys that have been thinking about obsessing about what they would do if they were given the opportunity and you're going to see a lot of that play out the fact that it was three weeks in and they had a scavenger hunt. Like who has ever even heard of something like that, getting all the best players in the state together to explore the campus and gamifying recruiting. Yeah. That's the type of stuff that happens when you've been thinking about doing something for 10 years, watching and grinding your teeth at other people screw it up. Right? Like they, they, I, I have full faith that they are going to execute long laid plans. Um, and, and it had a little bit of an effect here, guys like Jackson Bowers, maybe they they didn't flip, but in the age of of college football now, guys come back, they boomerang back. So developing those relationships now are only gonna pay dividends down the road.
2: Yeah, absolutely, it, it seems like, a, like this is finally, you hear it over and over again, like ASU needs to recruit in state, we're going to recruit in state, they didn't. ASU needs to recruit in state, we're going to recruit in state, they didn't. This feels like the change, yeah, this feels like it's finally happening now, and in a time where the Pac-12 or whatever it's going to be seems like it's on the up, what do you think about the pulse of the Pac-12 football landscape right now? Do you think it's it's it's, it's getting better by the day? Do you think it's this is the renaissance of the Pac-12?
1: There are, and I know it's only for a year because we're losing uh, mm-hmm. USC and UCLA, but there are eleven very good coaches.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Very uh, there, there are about five proven head coaches, six promising head coaches and Justin Wilcox who lost <laughs> both of his quarterbacks this morning. Both of them hit the portal yeah. His starter and his backup, yeah. which is insane. But uh, outside of that, it has never been a better time to be a PAC 12 fan, to be part of the PAC 12. The attention that Colorado is going to bring to this conference and your sister site, like I, I, it's going to be insane. They had the day he was hired, Bomani Jones talking on CNN for 10 minutes, like, <laughs> there are multiple wars going on in the world. And <laughs> CNN is talking about Dion Sanders, and <laughs> Boulder, a team that hasn't even like has made one bowl in 20 years. Yeah. yeah. And that's like outside of like daddy Whittingham, who is chasing USC <laughs> out of the conference, a defending Heisman winner. Who's coming back a five-star recruit. Who's hitting UCLA um, that flipped from Oregon, Dan Lanning, former ASU grad assistant, uh, Bringing in like three or four, or five stars mm-hmm. on one year note. Like, think about all the good players Oregon has had, and this is their best class ever. Yeah. So, uh, I just, <laughs> it, it has never been better to be rooting for Pac 12 teams. And then you look at the turnaround of a school like Washington, and you just cross your fingers and hope that Arizona State has something like that on the horizon where you could go from um, literally chasing a, you know, like a first year second year head coach out of town because you can't move the ball to -hmm. the number one passing offense in the entire country. And that's what you can do in in one year now with the transfer portal. And maybe Arizona state has that next year. And that hope is such a different feeling than the last three years of being an ASU fan.
3: Yeah. I mean, a lot, a lot gets made of like, you know, recruiting at, in Arizona and the haters of which there Hmm. are many, uh, like to say that like, you, you can't, you can only be so successful. Recruiting, like focusing your recruiting in Arizona, How, like mm-hmm. what what do you think? I guess the ceiling is for a program that is as focused on in-state recruiting as ASU seems to be.
1: Well, it's more about it's more about staying out of the basement, right? Yeah. So your your neighbor, maybe you get along with them, maybe you don't. But when you see him walk out the front door, you should probably wave head nod, acknowledge them. Right. Probably <laughs> I, I, ignoring them not going to do anything positive for you. So you should just at least keep up appearances, give them a wave, live your own values, you know, right? Like what you should not do is give them the finger. Like that's, a, <laughs> that's going to create massive, gr- like you're creating grief for yourself. Yeah. So maybe there's a ceiling to what Arizona state can do in state, Maybe it's true some of the stuff that people say about five stars just wanting to get out and stretch their legs. But how would you know? Like how would you know if your neighbor's a good person when when you see them you flip them off? Like you haven't gotten to know them, you've only antagonized them. So Arizona State has to do the things to see if any of the theories that we've come up with about why they can't recruit in state are true. We're not even going to know if they're true unless we actually do it. Unless they actually develop relationships, unless they actually get out in the community, unless they offer early and maintain those relationships. um, And as long as they don't antagonize some of the more vocal high school coaches in the state, cut all that stuff off. And if your five stars still bounce every single year, then you can finally say, oh, well, it's not us, but we've developed those relationships. We know that they could come back and you haven't hurt yourself in any way, shape or form. I will tell you this though. The baseline expectation of a local recruit is that you are going to acknowledge their presence, be invested in what they're doing and recruit them. What you have to do to land them is explain how you're different, which Kenny Dillingham did in his opening presser. You have to tell them this is the 40 year plan. This is how we've incorporated. Like this is how we're looking out for DJ Foster 10 years later. who made the decision to stay, could have been a star elsewhere, and now he's here working for your view. He's got business interests going on. These are the people that he's in contact with. We have a relationship with Brock Osweiler. This is what he's involved in. You know, you have to have a plan. If you approach somebody in state, the baseline expectation is that they're being recruited. So what you have to come with is, this is what your life looks like 40 years from now. And they might not be able to get that, but their parents will, but the people around them will, and you need that support structure to reaffirm in recruiting. It can't just be one assistant coach because like Arizona state has seen when that coach bounces, you lose all of that connective tissue and relationships. Mike Norvell left. He took half the staff with him and then all of a sudden ASU, which had no problem recruiting before that was completely devoid of in-state relationships.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: And
0: they've kind of been lost ever since then until. Kenny, obviously, got me back. We do have a little bit of breaking news um, that is now official per Twitter. Um, so Idaho State receiver Xavier Guillory is headed to the Pac-12. He's going to be joining Kenny Dillingham here in Tempe. So ASU adding another playmaker from the transfer portal. I thought, thought x going Give It To You was going to leave with Xavier Valadé gone, but we <laughs> yeah, got another not. X with Xavier. Ralph, on this, not only getting Xavier, but taking a look at the wide receiver position um, or I guess just the offensive skill guys in general, right? you got Jalen you're still. You've got Elijah Badger still. And now you throw in X along with a lot of the other guys. Just how good do you think this offense can really be?
1: As long as you keep whoever is at quarterback upright. I mean, if if you're looking at Bo Nix and Oregon as the both model for what the offense is going to look like and the improvement model, as far as what Bo Nix was able to accomplish at Auburn versus what he was able to do at Auburn, at Oregon, the biggest mm. difference is that 11 games into the season, he'd only been sacked twice. Like y- you guys, I, like we could do something if we weren't getting touched. Yeah. Right. Something we could at least throw a clean interception, <laughs> You know, but uh, th- so having all of this talent at receiver. And I mean, they really have, I-, I think with, when it's all said and done, you'll be able to say, this is a top six team at receiver, a top four team, at tight end and the concern is probably going to be like do we have a running back that can that can take 200 carries if if need be but yeah. they kind of rotated quite a bit um at oregon as long as the quarterback's jersey stays clean something's going to happen for this offense that, that that was the you know everybody looks at what oregon did but nobody talks about the fact that bo Nicks was untouched for a major and and when he did run, it wasn't like the Jaden Daniels, like I'm bailing on this. It was designed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So if if you do have a mobile quarterback from the get, even somebody like Trenton Bourget can run this system if he knows, all right, I'm just getting eight yards and getting out of bounds so that we can move the sticks and not be stuck in a second long, third and long. Right. So I I don't think that it precludes any quarterback that's currently on the roster, whether it's Jacob Conover or Drew Pine um, or, you know, somebody coming up from. I I like Bennett Meredith as well. You know, whoever gets this job, as long as they can move a little bit, um, then, you know, they can make some stuff happen.
0: It's going to be exciting, man. It is going to be a lot of fun for ASU football. Before we get you out of here, I do want to talk to you a little bit about ASU basketball. Um, Okay. It was a, a, a rough outing. How many days ago was it? It feels like it was yesterday that they got their ass kicked, quite frankly, by 37. Uh, I'm just curious as to what you thought about that game, and then I guess just Bobby Hurley and what he's been able to accomplish over the first 11 games and change so far.
1: Did any of you press procrastinate your way through through uh, Cronkite? <laughs> Boys. Yep. Okay. Yep. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> you- but you wouldn't have if it didn't work most of the time, right? <laughs> right, Probably. Right. So sometimes sometimes it did not work and there was a disaster. Yeah. Right. ASU basketball has been digging themselves a hole over and over and over again, only to get out of it in the second half. And then you have the Dons, uh host and put up 50 and you're already down 27. I think it might be the widest first half gap. 27 points might or it's up there. It's top three at least of uh in the Bobby Hurley era, even a wider gap than the Washington State game last year, which was even more miserable. Yeah. Um, but it I think it's one of the widest gaps. And then they come out and drop 47 <laughs> in the second half because they know like we can't we can't let up at all. Yeah. Right. So this is not a very good or consistent outside shooting team. Yeah. I think. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think Devin Cambridge is, he's not a volume shooter, but he's the only one keeping ASU at this point, like even in the neighborhood of 32%. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. The only really good outside shooting team in the last five years that Arizona state has had was when Rob Edwards and Zion Cheatham were, you know, I think 2018, 2019. Yeah. So you, you're going to have to overcome the fact that you're not very big and you don't shoot well. So you're just going to have to effort a lot of this stuff out and you can't, you can't do that. Um, if the hole is, is too big, going into the second half right yeah it just doesn't work every single time just like procrastinating it doesn't work every time it works enough to not fix it unless you really blow up your life and they kind of blew up their life and it comes right before the territorial cup it could be the best thing to have happened to them or they could have just been completely exposed and and i think we're, we're gonna have to wait to find out but it definitely adds some excitement to an already you know exciting uh end of the year game
2: yeah uh we were talking about it and it just it it kind of it, the reason why it scared me a little bit. I, I, I'm in the count, just just flush it. Team got hot, whatever. But the reason why it scares me a little bit is this is kind of Bobby Hurley's team's thing. You know, it's these mental games. If they're not if they're not hitting their shots that they normally do, the game is over. Um, in this case, it's now if their defense isn't as incredible as it has been, the game is over. What is your confidence level? Not going into U of A, but just conference play in general on this team before and after this game.
1: Well the conference kind of is uh an embarrassment right now. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh you want to be able to take advantage of. Yep. Right? Um at any time Oregon could figure things out. So stealing one against them is going to be really important. Uh and then I mean you're you're at a point you've done enough work where if you can finish two games above 500 in conference play, then you're gonna punch a ticket to the postseason, but you can't have a run where you're losing to, you know, Oregon State and Cal on the road in the same weekend or something like that. So they're gonna have to do the Bobby Hurley thing of just splitting, right? One on one with all these teams. And if they could steal one from UCLA, that would be massive. But the way this team is, they're gonna be in every they're gonna be in every game effort wise unless somebody comes out and shoots fifty two percent from three. Um they're going to be in every game, so it's just a matter of you know they've, they've learned a lot about how to win early in the season. I think this is a tournament team, and I think it's a tournament team in part because the Pac-12 is having a down year. Um, But I think that should be the expectation.
0: Yeah, it's definitely been an exciting start to the season so far, to say the least. In terms of ASU football, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how the next few weeks and months play out ahead of the spring game, which we know Kenny... Went on record yesterday saying that he would like 45,000 people in attendance at that spring game. So, we'll see if we can uh, get anywhere close to that. Uh, But, Ralph, we appreciate the time, as always, man. And the analogies were 100% today. They were amazing. (laughs) Absolutely loved them.
1: It's called baby birding. I don't understand (laughs) things unless they're chewed to bits so i have to do it for myself and that's how i talk to other people an analogy for his analogy works and sometimes people get upset. an analogy
0: (laughs) for an analogy absolutely love it happy holidays ralph and thanks again man see you guys appreciate it thanks i do want to get into some of the xavier highlights that we've got um just so people can get an idea Mm -hmm. of what type of receiver he is he is 6'2 um so he's Bigger than some of the guys that they have brought in in terms of the transfer portal, and he was one of Idaho State's best receivers this past season. Shane, it makes a lot of sense as to why they're getting a guy that a couple of the coaches are familiar with.
2: Oh yeah, well Charlie Regal's very familiar with him. Uh, he just he's just following Regal. You know, it 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 makes sense, and it's it's not one of these transfers where, you're like, oh yeah, you're just getting another piece. No, no, no. This is a guy that can be a breakout star. Yeah, you know, he's got eligibility. He's got the height uh and look i mean j- he, the man could jump Damn. yeah so adding this with the receiving core and just pass catching core that's already loaded it is loaded dude. it's it's insane like this isn't just a oh thank god we needed this guy but it's also not a just another piece of the but po- no this is this is like your three this this could be your number this three could
3: uh, this could be your number two yeah. i'm so happy i can just use the x go and give it to you thing still yeah uh, <laughs> but i mean i mean this guy's a motherfucking playmaker. Like, look at what he's doing. When he I, mosses people, can we call it the the
2: guillotine? We can. Ooh. We can. The, maybe the giller giller guillotine. Guillotine.
3: We'll workshop But I mean, he's just based on these highlights, this is a playmaker, and yeah. that's a kind of guy that will thrive in in Kenny's offense. Yeah,
2: exactly. And you know, Kenny will tell you firsthand that this this offense is built for playmakers, explosive explosive players. If you want your stuff on SportsCenter. Come here. Yeah. um, Yeah. That's what he's going to bring. So
3: Idaho State, low key fire uniforms. Not as fire as the uniform. Is he going to wear one, too? That'd be pretty awesome. Oh, my God. We got another X wearing one,
0: dude. Things you love to see. No, I think he definitely has the potential to be the number two guy with Elijah, obviously, at one. You've got Geo Sanders probably fitting in at the three. And then that's without even discussing some of the transfer guys they got. Some of the recruits that's like Jake Smith. That's why I say Mel three. Soval. Yeah. Like there are a lot of guys yeah. that are definitely gonna be interesting
2: pieces. Yeah, the reason why I said three, I am not I'm not putting Smith at two. I'm I'm putting Conyers at two. I think Conyers is gonna be utilized like crazy in this RPO vertical, pro style, fast offense. Yeah. You know, tight ends can leak and shit. A five yard dump off to Conyers turns into twenty five real damn quick. Yeah. With his his catch or his uh yak ability. So
0: and Messiah Swenson, too. Like, I know the—I the, the I don't want to say the verdict we is out on him because excited. of the last regime and the way they utilized him. I mean, we saw it with Conyers. They didn't utilize him really at all. Um, and Messiah Swenson, at a size of, what, six seven, mm-hmm. You are going to get targets in this style of offense. You're going to see a lot of two tight end sets. And I think they're going to feed him just as much as they feed Conyers, which is going to be exciting because, look, if you're a defensive coordinator, right— In the start of your week, you've got all your defensive assistants there. You're like, okay, we're going to game plan against Arizona State's offense. Who do we need to double? Who do we need to focus on? You're like, okay, Elijah Badger. Bet. We could do that. Do they have a number two? They do. Jalen Conyers. Okay. Then what? Then you've got Messiah Swinson. We haven't talked about the Carlos Brooks or Cameron Scadabo yet. We haven't talked about about Jake Smith. Like. There are a lot of weapons. We haven't talked about Jake scene. Smith at
2: all. No, we haven't. Go look up Jake Smith. Go like, look up his highlights.
0: There are a lot of talented pieces, and it's going to be exciting to see how Ooh. Kenny utilizes these guys in the offense. William with the a Gilly great suit. nickname,
2: the Gilly Suit, because he covers and hides DBs. <laughs> well done, like well it. done. Joe well, makes such a weird point about this portal it's it, he says it's so funny how the portal impacts the team we were just loaded at running back and had almost nothing at receiver now it's the opposite same goes for having a lot of back or death and light in the secondary like I wouldn't say we have nothing at running back now like I understand what he was saying with wide receiver last year you know it felt like it was just Elijah Badger and then everybody else um, until Conyers came on but yeah it's strange now like this team went from is Elijah Badger even going to be here? Who's going to be the number one receiver to be like, oh my God, they have a lot of pieces.
0: Well, I'm excited because we talked to Iguano yesterday and it sounds like it's going to be a little bit of a three-headed monster at running back. It's not necessarily going to be what Which is what Billy did. Yeah, we're not going to see what we saw over the last handful of years, right? Where you are just feeding one beast. You're feeding Xavier Valade. You're feeding Rashad White. And then guess what? At the end of the season, that's how you lose a couple guys to the portal. Daniel Ngata didn't get nearly enough carries as he deserved this yeah. past season. And look, he left. He's at Washington now. Right, we've seen it year over year with these ASU running backs. But you feed a guy like the Carlos Brooks ten times a game, get Scatabo the ball eight times a game, and then you still got Tevin White, who Sean Aguano hyped up a lot yesterday. Sounds like he's
3: going to be a big part of this offense. Like, yeah, I keep forgetting, like you don't no need a bell Tevin count. White. But I keep forgetting about. It. There's so much going on with this team that like Tevin White yeah, supposed to be a good running back. Yeah,
2: for those of you who have like haven't thought like Tevin White, the pulse on Tevin White is
3: good. high, like, very yeah. high. Like, and I mean, so you, you got like. Uh, handful of carries last year but like they're noticeable like he made yeah, the u of a game yeah yeah that one big running with A. But, he's their big
2: dude but yeah i mean like it's not just the this is a guy that's a project like the coaching staff expects him to make a huge impact like from what they have seen from him like they're the, obviously they weren't here to see him in practice every day but they know what he's capable of they've heard it, they've seen it like yeah shit i mean he he could be really it's
0: yeah. it's fun it's exciting we do want to get to the Kenny Dillingham interview, but before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Four Peaks. You guys can join us at the inaugural PHNX Tea Party presented by Four Peaks at Dobson Ranch Golf Course. Guys, we're running out the entire driving range. Come hang with Big Drive Energy, the PHNX crew, and fellow diehards for a night of golf, food, drinks, contest, prizes, And more. Look, I had to do that even without a breath. It was great. Our PHNX (laughs) Suns crew will be hosting a A watch party. Yes. For the Suns versus the T-Wolves, Four Peaks is going to be out there providing some beer samples and some swag. Guys, check the link in the description to reserve your spot right now. And for our diehards, check Discord for your special link where you guys are going to save 20% on this awesome event.
2: Yeah. And before we get there, you know, we got a big, big event on Sunday being Christmas and all the games and... Uh, we got a loaded slate of NFL tomorrow. Um, so if you want to make some last-minute coin before we all get cold and have to watch the Cardinals play on Ooh, Christmas Day. We could just watch the Suns. Yeah, just watch the Suns. Um, go ahead and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app when you sign up and a new customer using that promo code PHNX. you place a $5 bet on any NFL team tomorrow to win their game. If yep. they do, you get $150 in free bets uh, instantly. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code PHNX. Do we like anything this week? This weekend? Like a lot?
0: Um, a lot? Mm-hmm. I like the under in the Broncos Rams game.
2: Mm. I like, I love Bills minus eight. I think Johnny took the over in the snow game that is the Browns and Saints. That, at, what is the over like at? thirty two? I honestly
0: like, kind of just want to fade Johnny yeah.
2: at everything in yeah. terms of his picks because
0: he, he doesn't hit too often. It
2: well, yes, happen. he does. Don't be so don't mean. Me, uh, well, if you want to hit often, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use that promo code PHNX, um, get $100 in free bets with any team that you bet on uh, wins. When you bet on their money line, it's promo code PHNX. This week at the DraftKings Sportsbook, minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. And see those show notes for more details. Let's it's get a to,
0: Dillingham. Oh, it is a Dillingham.
3: Um, Christmas jam Dillingham. What the jam? Christmas glaze. Oh, Christmas glaze Dillingham. Yes.
0: Uh, so we Honey do have Dillingham. a ten-minute interview with Kenny Dillingham to uncut share. With you raw. Guys. Uncut raw, um, uncut. It's just great stuff. Absolutely great stuff. Before we get into it, shout out Shane. For filming, editing, it, beautiful. it's out beautiful. It's beautiful. Thank you for the questions. Yeah, beautiful.
2: Shout out Sean for the emotional support.
0: Yes, 100%. 100%. Let's get into it. Without further ado, here is Kenny Dillingham.
2: Coach, just what's it been like just being back
0: home now for a couple of weeks now?
4: Busy. Uh, that's, that's the easiest way to put it, but it's been awesome. You know, I drive down the streets, right? And all of a sudden I end up at the burrito spot I, I used to go to when I was in college, right? You know, it's changed names, but, you know, I don't even know the new name of it, but the burrito tastes the same. So, I mean, stuff like that where you can't replicate home, you can't replicate when you walk into a building and have, there's a little more passion when it's a place you want to be and not just a job. And for the majority of our staff, this is a destination. This is a place that they want to be at for the rest of their careers.
0: Yeah, that's something I think that we have both said, just getting the chance to talk to everybody. It seems very, it's very calculated with, with all of them and they all very clearly have a connection here. Going through and deciding who you wanted to have that phone call with to bring here, was it tough or were there guys that you knew in the back of your head, you're like, okay, if I get this job, this is who I want here.
4: There were, there were guys I knew, like I knew I wanted Brian Ward. Uh, I played him and he's really good. So I said, I, w- I would like <laughs> him. I would, not, I would not like to play him again. So the best way to not play him is to hire him. Right, and uh, so and it happened to be he's from here, so it's like a two for one, right? We played him, probably schematically. You know, it's a guy I don't ever want to play again, so we just hired him. That was the easy way.
0: You've described his defense as chaotic and chaos, full of pressure. How would you describe your offense?
4: Pro style offense that plays fast. You know, we're going to be pro style with our mic points. We're going to challenge you mentally to learn the game at an NFL level, but we're going to play with a tempo that allows us to be explosive, right? This is a system built for playmakers. If you're a playmaker, you want to play in this system. It gets you in one on one situations, right? Sometimes it gets you in one on none situations. It is built for playmakers. So, this is a system, pro style offense that plays fast, that's built for playmakers.
0: We ask people, or specifically players to compare their game, for example, right? The Carlos Brooks models his game after Nick Chubb. Um, We've talked to Scadabo, he models his game after Christian McCaffrey. In terms of coaching, how do you model your coaching? I
4: think a a mix between, I would like to say, Pete Carroll, uh, Mike Norvell, and Tony Dungy. I think those three guys, when I look at guys that I wanna be remembered as, right? I think uh, Pete Carroll has that positive energy that has always fed off to his team and they've always played extremely confident because of it. Mike Norvell, and I've never been around him other than a few times, Mike Norvell has just created that culture of work. Like, we're gonna work, we're gonna work, we're not gonna waver from the work and we're gonna continue to work, work, work and look what happens if you continue to work and you push through all the bad times, you eventually get there, right? And then Tony Dungy is just somebody that the players can go to for the rest of their life. When you hear anybody talk about Tony Dungy, Dungey, They can call him. They can pick up the phone and they know Tony they know Tony Dungey's there to help him. And because of that, those players would run through a wall for Tony Dungy because they knew how much he cared about him.
0: Definitely. You've mentioned how busy the last month has been for you. Throw on top of it an eight to nine month old. How has it been trying to balance that whole life?
4: Yeah. The last three weeks, I've tried to at least have one week where myself, my wife, uh, and our little boy Kent has been able to do something. So we went to Zoo Lights the other day uh, just to jo- do something. And you know, it's nice being in a city that you can go to a thing like Zoo Lights. I mean, little Kent was up there strapped in debris and they're walking around and he's looking, ah! just making faces and as happy as you could possibly be. And I mean, that's really what This is about life in general. Our program is about life and being successful in life. And what life is about is about family and relationships and enjoying it. If every day you wake up and you're miserable, I don't care how quote unquote successful you are based off other people's measurements, right? It means nothing. You better fall in love with learning how to enjoy getting better in the work. And the sooner you fall in love with the process of growth and the process of work, the happier you're going to be in life. And I firmly believe in that. And that's why this is going to be about having fun here. Can you have fun and work harder than anybody in the country? Can you do that? And that's the challenge, and that's the mission.
0: Coach, at 32, you have had a handful of coaching jobs. This is obviously the first head coaching job. I'm curious, what has been your low point of your coaching career? And then on the flip side, what has been the highlight thus far?
4: Low point? I mean – Obviously, at, at uh, Florida State year two, when we were in a process where we had to get better, uh, we were 0-4 to start that year, right? Now, we finished that season five and two, and we completely flipped the culture. So I would say that would be the low point was, man, this is tough. Is this, is this plan working? Golly, we're at year two, we're 0-4. We're trying to flip this thing. Is this plan working? But it was also a high point at the same token. So I would say it's the low and the high point because I learned through that stage, yes, we hit the low point, but you eventually have to hit rock bottom to climb and to get back up. And we hit rock bottom and then we got better and better and better. And that's when the kids really bought in to the work. And now you look at them, we finished last the last year, two years ago, five and two. And then you look, they built on that and they finished this year, nine and three, but it all started the second half of that last year. And I think for me, that was the low point, but it was also my high point because when those kids didn't quit and those kids kept fighting and they pushed through that stage, it was also showing that, man, you can't waver from what wins. You can't waver from your culture. You have to stand firm and those kids stand firm and now look at them. And I think that was the high and the low point.
0: Coach, in just a handful of weeks, you guys have made waves in both recruiting and the transfer portal. Um, I know you're going to talk a little bit later about it, but a couple guys I have to ask about. Um, Drew Pine. I had the chance to cover him at Notre Dame for a couple seasons. He was never the quote-unquote guy there. Coming here, why is this situation different for him?
4: Yeah. Well, like I told him here, he's going to have to compete, right? Our, our first day of spring ball, Trey. I mean, we're going to we're going to send uh, a starter out there that's been a starter here in the past. I told him that all the guys we took, right, because that person's earned it. And it's, you know, all of their job on this team to win the job. You know, my loyalty and what I want to do here is get people set for life and to win football games because I want to be here for 35 years, right? How do I do that? Play the best player. I'm always going to bring in a player that I feel can help our football team, but it's their job to win the job. It's their job to prove that he can help the football team. So I would say I see a lot of ability in the guys we've brought in. Right. I see a lot of potential. Right. I know where they can be. But when we get in, when we get into the the work piece of it, the best player is going to play.
0: Coach, you have coached with some of the best. You've seen some of the best programs. You've coached against some of the best programs. The Alabamas, Ohio State's, the Georgias. How does Arizona State get on that level?
4: I think it's commitment. I think it's the commitment, and I I use the term activate the valley, and it's kind of like this catchy thing that people are like, oh, what does it mean? I'm just going to hashtag it, though, because it's cool, right? What that means is, like, we have a spring game. We're going to have recruits on campus for the spring game. Are there 4000 fans in the spring game and our recruits walk in and say man this place doesn't really care about football or are there 45 50000 fans in that spring game and we have this beautiful city we have this beautiful campus we have an unbelievably uh, a school that's the second largest in the country where the network network for them can help them and then they walk in and they're like holy cow there's 45000 50000 fans here that's activating the valley. That's bringing people there and being like, man, I can have this college football atmosphere and this. Holy cow. We need that as a staff. And when you really think about the city, right, is 45 to 50,000 people in this city really a lot? It's not. It's not. It's not hard to say we need 45,000, 50,000 people at the spring game. But you know how much value that adds to us at the program? That's what we need. People ask what we need? We need that. We need the butts in the seats because if we get the butts in the seats and the people around the program to support it, when we get these players in here, we can tell them, see, we care. We care. It matters. And if we don't, then, you know, we're going to do the same thing we've always done, bring kids in, and they're going to say, oh, well, do they really care? I can't I can't be the one who only cares. This city has to care because kids feel it.
0: That's
2: awesome. I love him.
0: He so is, much. him along with, you know, all of his assistants, really. We got the chance to talk with all, I believe there was 11 of them mm-hmm. yesterday. And they all, at one point, made you go, wow. Like, they're building something here. And it is going to be a special time to be an Arizona State fan, I think. Uh, but... Sticking with Kenny, we've obviously got the other interviews that we'll play throughout the next couple of shows. But Shane, what stuck out to you most about Kenny?
2: Off camera when he entered the room, it, It's his attitude is infectious. I can't imagine how much energy that injects into a football field yeah. at practice, you know, walkthroughs in, in film even like shit there might be players that are waking up at 7 a.m. to study film like oh my god this dude he doesn't (laughs) stop it's it's amazing how much he cares and not just about the team and winning games but about this city about Tempe about Arizona State University and what he wants to see on this campus we were talking about how he wants 45,000 45,000 people at the spring game and whether you think that's realistic or not having a coach that Strives to have that as his goal is massive. Yeah, for a university that didn't care, for a university that made us as fans, as as people that follow this team closely, be like, what are we doing when we saw the spring showcase that last year? That was one of our biggest gripes, and that kind of set the tone for the season. Yeah, that can change immediately with Dillingham and
3: his staff. Yeah, I mean that the chat is hitting what stuck out to me. This man is thirty-two years old. Thirty-two. I'm (laughs) twenty-four. He's eight years older than me. I am not going to be that in eight years. Uh, I'm like I'm not going to be that polished or, or or that passionate about anything. Like he just seems to like he's passionate about waking up in the morning. I'm not. <laughs> like it's crazy. And like yeah, you mentioned that the, the, the forty five thousand thing. And like I was like I said while it was running, he's being dramatic. But he doesn't think he's being like it seems dramatic, but he believes it. Like you could tell, like it's no like hyperbole. But with that's him.
2: the whole thing with Arizona State's fan base. As you hear that, as an Arizona State fan, you go you scoff. That's what needs to change, though. That's what he's trying to Just do. Show up. He, he he's saying because it, it, it is realistic when you look at the numbers and you look at how many people go to this school, how many people live in the city, how many alumni there are around the school, and people that still live here, like. It is realistic. Yeah. But when you're a fan there for so long and you see, you know, people leaving the U of A game at halftime because they're down seven points or whatever it is, people leaving a Washington game when they came back and won that game, you immediately think there's no way people show up for a showcase. But you can change that. And that has to do with the culture.
0: Yeah. It starts somewhere. I want to get to Rachel's super chat here. Five bucks. Great content as always. It has been a great year and I can't wait to see what you guys are able to accomplish next year. Rage, thank you.
2: I wish I had a top so hat. Much.
0: Thank you so much. Retu picked. Um, <laughs> it was, no, getting the chance to talk to Kenny um, was awesome because you get to see that it's not an act. Mm-hmm. Like you said, off camera, he's the same guy that he is on camera. And mind you, this is nine o'clock in the morning. This guy is fired up, ready to go. Yep. Like this is something that I didn't even think about that. If if you are, <laughs> I wasn't even awake yet. If you are a, if you are a high school student and you are looking to not only develop as a player but further your career as a mm-hmm. football player, this guy is going to get you there. Yeah. And even even like wins aside, this is a guy that cares about Arizona State. Right? We said it about Sean Aguano. There's a guy that cares about Arizona State. And that's what this entire offseason has been about, mm-hmm. is getting players, getting coaches, getting fans back to the Valley that care about Arizona
2: State. And I think they've got a good group. Yeah, and not only care, and it's not just the act of, you know, you come in you, you, because Arizona State's right here. It's it's the selling point of being that legendary you know the the change that that's what he said when he when he first came here the opening press conference he said you can be a legend in Arizona what 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 Ralph talked about with DJ Foster yeah. it's like you can be that that is something that can happen year in and year out and and him being 32 years old is something that you you look at and be like wow that's crazy but it's not just him it's the entire staff mm-hmm. you know Rashad Samples who came from the Rams as the running back coach 28 years old his attitude is infectious that's wild. he he blows my mind how. You, you, you talk about somebody that's mature for their age. We, we He's part of one of our last segments. He, he blew my mind with some of the – not just the knowledge of the game, but but the passion and how much he's been through already, the experience he has, bringing that to ASU after what he, – he could have a head coaching job in the NFL in 10 years. Yeah. And he wants to come here and make this change. That's, that's the type of attitude and – demeanor that Kenny wants here not just from the staff from the players and it's real it's not just a a ruse this time it's not just a mask that the new coach is putting on this isn't a rotation thing he's showing that this is real and he wants this to succeed
3: now I mean all coaches are going to say the right things at a time like this but even if fans don't realize it they're not stupid like fans can tell when someone's being genuine when you have your head coach not knowing what your mascot is in his opening <laughs> press conference, that's going to sit differently with fans than everything that we've heard from That was Penny. crazy. So like it, it is going to make a difference. It's not like obviously obviously there's you're going to have to perform, but when we talk about something like the spring showcase or whatever or the first game against NAU, like they haven't had a chance to prove anything yet, right or wrong. So you have to support like yeah. if you're a real fan you have to support this. All clean. you have right now is is potential and excitement. The slate is clean. So the expectations,
0: anything you want to bring over from previous regimes, this is the, I've never seen a staff look like this. Um so you've got to throw any, you know, preconceived notion of what this team is going to be like out the window because it's not.
2: 30 year old fandom out the window. It, it's replace
0: the culture. The, the, you, the
2: you are a fan of a completely new program. Yeah, you are. And it's it's super
0: super exciting. I do want to get to Jacob's question. About the support staff, but before I do that, I want to tell y'all about these comfy ass seats mm. brought to you by More Furniture, guys. The holiday clearance event is happening at More Furniture right now, and you could save up to a whopping fifty percent off, guys. It is you're running out of time here. You're running out of time to take advantage of this deal. The holiday season is upon us. Christmas is just a couple days away, and if you're procrastinating on gifts like I
3: am, oh, maybe. You should go oh, check no. out more furniture. Yeah. Yeah. I discovered a cheat code. The gifts? Yes. What? You just go home after Christmas? Mm. Go home uh, in January? <laughs> I'm going to do all my shopping after Christmas. So, should I just like go dark
2: then yes. on socials? Yes. yes. If I'm not ready? To
3: disappear. Your mom's going to send out like a search party mm-hmm. and then you're just going to show, oh, it's just Christmas shopping. That's happened before.
2: Oh, boy. A search party. Welcome in my car. That did happen before. Okay. okay. Wow.
0: <laughs> okay. We got hey, guys. Yeah. Check out
3: morefurniture.com <laughs> for that holiday clearance event. I'm trying to figure out when my flight leaves to go home because I'm trying if I I think it leaves late enough that I can stop at Burrito Express mm. and bring it home. That would be amazing. I've had Burrito Express two of the last three days. And we're gonna have it on Monday.
1: Oh yes.
3: Right? Right. God, it's so funny. Me... Oh my Max, god. Max, every every day, oh, every week, he said or Come every here. time we get Come Burrito here. Express on Mondays. Come here, show your face. Come here. Show
2: your beautiful <laughs> face. Look at this sexy marketing, Max man. Pleasure, pleasure,
3: <laughs> pleasure. Re two packed, yeah. Uh, Max Reto-packed. sends out like every time we get Burrito Express, he's like, "Oh, send your orders." It's the same every time. It's the, it, for me. It's I'll be honest. Every time you send in
0: Slack the emojis, mm-hmm. I hit one for every single one.
1: I, that's what I do to, to, to prompt people. Okay,
3: to do it. Yeah. I was gonna do that, and I felt like it made me a bad person. Good to know that I can well, order because
1: I because I order extras anyway. Yes. so there's a couple extras of each flavor. oh yeah, a breakfast supreme. Uh, right?
3: Breakfast supreme. I re- duh, I mean, duh, yeah, duh. Um, but it, you can't no. go wrong
0: because the best no. burritos on the planet.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Go check them out. They got locations just about everywhere, and give them a follow
3: at Burrito Exp on Twitter. Max really is the MVP. He really well, is. I'm He's the, the MVP because I was voted the MVP by the mayor, but. Max is the... Max voted MVP. Yeah, by by the vice mayor. By the vice mayor. Okay. Uh, shame, okay. But you know. Before
0: Hot or Not, I want to get into Jacob's question, and we did talk about it a little bit yesterday, and we do have 10 more interviews for you guys, like I mentioned, over the course of the next some of them, couple of weeks. But some of them... There's 10
2: more. Some of lot. them you will need to be a diehard to watch, so... Ooh. I didn't even
0: know that. Guys, um, <laughs> Shane, who'd you enjoy talking to most? Charlie Ragel. Yeah.
2: You'll see why in a sec. <laughs>
0: It was a lot of fun. They were all great guys. Um, But without further ado, we do have a special Hot or Not for you guys. We're going to do our usual Hot or Not at the end of it. Uh, But we've got – I don't even know how to preface this. We've got Hot
2: or Not with the entire ASU football coaching staff. Yeah, here you go. First topic, themed parties. Not. What, what do you have against theme parties? I don't necessarily have against, I'm just not a flashy guy. So I don't love, um, I'm not saying I don't enjoy them, but I'd lead more towards not than not, just because my wife gives me crap. She goes, why don't you sometimes, eh, I'm not flashy. Hot
4: explanation. I think it's, it, uh, you know, theme parties make it so much more interesting. As you go, you just don't show up to a party. It's, uh, it's themed, you wonder what people are going to be dressed at. So I like those things. Hot, not
3: for me, you know, I have theme parties. My wife likes them. I don't, I'm kind of boring that way. It's just not me. I'm a big dude. It's just yeah, I just want to do my thing, get out. <laughs> mm, not. I hate the things because you got to dress up sometimes. It's pajamas and I don't want to wear pajamas. I don't want to dress up Follow me. I go to the party. I like to party. I like to hang out. I like to have get togethers. I'm grown now. Get togethers. <laughs> the number, the college are parties. Now they're get togethers. But uh, the theme ones drive me crazy. i say hot. Theme parties. Is there
0: anything about them that are hot?
4: No, like, I like um, you know, like old school parties, like 80s, 90s, you know, wear your jersey, 2000 parties, and stuff like that.
2: Oh, I'm gonna say not. I mean, you know, I think the older you get, you know,
4: it's, a, it's harder to co- come dressed in a costume, ju- just by opinion, so I'll, I'll leave it at that. Not hot. A party is a party. It don't matter what you put on. If we're gonna party, we're gonna party. The flea flicker. Hot, a flea figure, You know, I know Kenny's gonna want to run it up. You know, I'm, I'm excited about you know what he's gonna do on offense. You know, he's super zealous. You know, he's gonna help us out on defense. You know, not.
3: I'm a defense guy. I hate trick plays. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot to this day. ain't there? You'll see in, in every, especially during the bowl season, you'll see that flea flicker at least once a game. So it's hot. Um, you know it's hot. I like it because you
1: slow down the defense, whether it works or not. Slow them down. All them safeties come down here and be
4: Superman. Slow them down. Hot. Right? Anytime you can get a guy to believe you're running the ball, anytime you can sell run action, run fake, and then bomb over everybody's head, It's it, it's, it takes the gas out of the whole stadium. Like, oh man, we're embarrassed. <laughs> anytime you can get off a flea picker go for it. Uh, always hot. <laughs> and off the flea flicker, you got to throw the post, you know. So it, it, it's, say, hey man, I might even
2: go reverse flea flicker on you. It's double hot. Hot. I will
3: at the right time, the right place. But it's got to be well-timed.
4: Hard no, because if teams are trying to run a flea flicker, either one, offensive coordinators are trying to get a job, or two, their offense isn't working. Love it. I love uh, hot because... Um, I just love the funk of the game. We call it the funk or, or trick plays. I think that uh, every every offensive coordinator needs a couple in his back pocket just to make things interesting because you always catch some, a couple of teams. And so anything that can re-energize, uh, make it interesting in a football game, I'm all for it.
2: Birds. Just any
3: old damn bird? Just any bird. Mm, hot. <laughs> <laughs> We need birds in our lives, you know. <laughs> Everything works, you know what I'm saying? You know, God put these animals on earth for a reason, for a purpose. So there's a purpose, you know. Birds do, they have a purpose in life, so they're hot. Not? Not hot. Uh, I don't know. Nobody likes to get pooped on by a bird, right? <laughs> That's, fair. <laughs> That's fair. Uh I go not. Birds, okay. Birds not. I mean, there's a bird. We, we, I was playing charades with a six year old yesterday and he was trying to get a bird. I was like, I don't know, it's a bird. It's just, and she goes, oh, it's a raven. I said, okay, whatever, it's a bird. <laughs> to me, <laughs> yeah, a bird's a bird. A bird? Yeah, I like birds.
4: Um, not, because all I think of birds is them crapping on my car. I'll
2: go hot. I like birds and part of that goes back. My grandma, she was, she was into
4: birds. Not hot. Um, I, I was, never had an interest in, in birds and, and sitting in a porch and, and doing all that. I was too involved in football.
2: Hot. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love birds?
0: I. There's a couple guys on the coaching staff, we can tell you.
4: You know, uh, shame on them. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> you want to just take a walk and hear the birds. You know, gather your thoughts. You got to be at peace with yourself. See, those, those guys are scared of being at peace with themselves
2: and they hear the birds saying other things. That might be the best answer that we've gotten today. <laughs> hear the birds saying other things. That is one of the craziest things I've ever heard. Birds just saying other things. That is
0: hands down the best piece of content that we have ever done. <laughs> that was absolutely incredible. Um, guys, that is going to do it for us today. We we ran out of time, and there are a lot of other shows that we got to get to today, but we appreciate everybody taking uh, taking a look at the show today. I know there was a lot of new faces in the chat, so we definitely appreciate you guys. Uh, but don't stop here. There's a lot of PHNX shows going on throughout the day. Um, and maybe go grab a bite to eat at Illegal Pete's. Why don't you? We're mm-hmm. excited to welcome them to the PHNX family. Check out their location off of Mill and Tempe Plus, guys, when you purchase a 100 Dollars in gift cards. They're going to throw in a $25 one on the house, so you're making money while you're spending money. I've been and looking forward the- to eating
2: mine all day. Yeah. They're, oh, they're, yeah. They're, they're feeling our power rankings that we'll put out later today. Um, also, if you're listening on audio and you want to see that full interview, we'll have it up on our YouTube channel and part of it on our Twitter. Yes. Um, both the Kenny interview and the Hot or Not, um, but for the rest of the interviews, might be behind the paywall, so become a diehard today. Um definitely come be a part of the family you get a free sh- ha- shirt or hat every year access to the premium level diehard content like we'll be producing behind the paywall um and 20% off merch and events like the EPH tea party so do that become a diehard today check out slash diehard or look in the description join the fam today
0: woo Give us Ooh. a follow, too, at phnx underscore sunnevels. You can follow me at anthony underscore tree. <laughs> you can follow Shane at shanedeef, and you can follow Sean DePauze at sean underscore DePauze. Fan of the flea flicker, as always. Happy holidays. And for now, peace.